these are the most uncertain times um, for entrepreneurs, for small businesses, for startups. The world changed from growth, expansion, and you know, amazing dreams to how can we survive? And I'm starting this personal project, really. It's not, you know, um, I'm not really thinking about how this works um, in the future. I'm not thinking about anything else. Really, what this is about is trying to build out a platform that can help small businesses, entrepreneurs, and startups navigate the time that we operate in. And that's what this podcast is really about. It's trying to find ways that we can navigate. And I'm looking for as many collaborators to work on this with me. Um, and, and really try and find smart ways to help entrepreneurs as much as possible. My name is Mashur Madal. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and right now, my only focus is survival. And I want to learn as much as possible from as many people as possible so that I can survive this time that we're in. And we're going to use this podcast. We're going to try and do this every single day. And we're going to use this podcast really to try and help people survive this time. And really find ways to uh, navigate the uncertainty and find the opportunities in the uncertainty. The, the really crazy thing about um, the times we live in is that there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a complete distortion of experiences for entrepreneurs and small businesses where there's startups who are crippled by this because their businesses depend on so many other factors and um, that are impacted by this crisis. But there's also startups that are thriving in this, mainly because it has changed consumer behavior or influenced consumer behavior in a way that really shot up growth in ways that they couldn't even predict. So today's guest is Uwebele Kopo, um, who is a really dear friend of mine and a business partner. And today we want to discuss what's happening in e-commerce. Say hi, Uwebele. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Who's everyone? Maybe no one will listen to this. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't care if two people listen to this. As long as somebody takes something away from it, that's, that's, that's fine true. with me. That's true. So let's get into this, man. What do the numbers look like for the e-commerce players right now? Well, we'll have to break it down into different categories, right? So obviously at the top, you'll have your, your food delivery startups, right? Uh, and then you'll have your meal delivery startups or essentially delivery companies and then mash into that will probably have your health and beauty as well as your electronics right so currently what what i'm seeing what i'm reading um mostly from venture burn and other and other platforms is that there's a company in cape town called uh, one cart which is essentially the equivalent of zulzi here in johannesburg which has seen an increase in order in order volumes of three hundred percent week to week. Just just to <laughs> track back a bit, so these are you know grocery delivery apps, right? So yeah. you go onto this thing, you load your credit card, and you can just sort of buy groceries and have them delivered. Yeah, and three hundred percent is significant. That's you know game changing for the platforms themselves, but also I don't think South Africans really cared about it. Up until the moment they really cared about it, 300% is crazy. It is, but you have to consider what base they're coming from, right? So if they're coming from a low user base, 300% is relatively small. But, like, if they have, if they had 10 customers and then now they have, or what, they have uh, 30 or 40, 
you know, essentially that doesn't make a huge difference. But now think about the cost of acquiring customers essentially went from whatever they used to pay on uh, Facebook to absolutely zero, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now, so now what that that's done for the brand awareness and what um, people in social spheres or social tech companies call network effects will, will increase the essentially what what volumes that they make and essentially if what will happen is that you know the market will essentially pull them to a position of high scalability and high growth which has happened essentially for one cut but now on the other side you still have zuzi right which i don't know what's currently happening with them but you know when opportunity meets luck and you know you're not able to scale your platform to a position of 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 adequate use it crumbles right this was a good time for them to capitalize on increased demand for these types of services and now they just they're just fumbling the ball yeah so i mean i was on twitter just now and i was tweeting just cuz i looked through their um twitter account and i was like yo it's it's just you know panic it's hey um we can't deliver the order Hey, we used to have one hour delivery. We can't do that anymore. Hey, it's increased demand. We can't keep up with the volumes. And under those tweets, it's just, you know, complaint upon complaint upon complaint. And I understand, you know, this isn't an unprecedented situation because I don't think anyone could have predicted what happened. And I don't think anyone um, could have predicted the growth they probably had, the demand they suddenly had, and the systems they probably had in place that were really good for the market they were serving at the time crumbled under this insane growth. Yeah, like for, for these type of situations, you can't necessarily do scenario testing, right? So if, if they were forecasting an increase in demand, let's say based on the current numbers in e-commerce in South Africa, which is essentially a 20 to 35% year-on-year growth, they would have factored in those numbers in in their revenue models or forecasting of demand but now if you see seeing some other companies do 100 150 to 300 now that totally breaks your your models right yeah. so now you know i don't know what they could do right right now because essentially the platform ha- hasn't scaled enough to be in a position to handle this type of demand right but there's other companies that you know, have been in that position to, you know, waiting for for this type of opportunity. You look at a company like Ucook in Cape Town, which is essentially a meal delivery uh, company, which gives you the recipes as well as the instructions to 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 cook uh, homemade meals. So they are up what thirty percent, right? Because they're coming from a base of of three hundred thousand. Daily uh, or monthly active users. Now they are a platform that can handle these type of situation. But you know, but now when you have Zuzi on the side, like I, I really don't want to criticize Zuzi. Like it's a it's a black technology company. We need we need a lot of those in South Africa. But it's it's a simple like I know money can money can solve a lot of problems. Right? Yeah. Money, so, so do you think this money, is a kind of situation where? Um, they need to scale up their support teams, um, build out much more robust systems in order to manage the uptake and demand. Um, is it that sort of thing where it's just 
you know, throw money at the problem in terms of getting the right resources and the right systems in place to make sure that they have what they need to serve the customers that they suddenly um, just have um, an abundance of. So, 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 Mash, what I'm seeing as well on Twitter is that they have two factors or two problems that they are currently facing right now, right? Number one is that their support is not adequate because the systems are not right to reflect what is happening. Like, if, if somebody is calling into their support, you know, they, 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 they wait for a couple of minutes or a couple of, you know, and then they get diverted to Twitter DMs. So, essentially, they're running their company through Twitter. And the second company, and the second problem that is impacting them is that they're facing supply issues because it doesn't seem like they're well integrated with their suppliers. Do you understand? Yep. So now, what is what is on the system is not an accurate representation of what they can get. Right? There was some lady who tried to order hand sanitizers on the platform. Try go find hand hand sanitizers now. It's virtually impossible. Right? So now. You know, it, you have a system that doesn't necessarily talk to to where you're getting the product from. And secondly, you know, you, you're not able to communicate to your customers what is actually happening because you also don't know. So it's just it's, it's just a mess, man. Yeah. So how do you, what's the growth numbers for stuff like YouCook and FitChef and those sort of um, startups as well? So... So Silver Tree reported um, around thirty percent for for Ucook, right? But Ucook has a direct. Com- oh, what is it's a, yeah, it's a direct competitor in uh, Daily Dish. They 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 reported that returning customers are up fifty percent, right? And then new customers is up hundred and fifty percent. So so in these growth numbers in these delivery companies are insane yeah how's it looking for other sort of more traditional um e-commerce platforms so something like a take a lot um, those sort of stores so I, I think this is where we're moving or pivoting more to the um electronic side of things um possibly even just basic utilities and stuff like that yeah so take a lot doesn't necessarily diverge numbers easily you're right but now, you think about the platform that is Takealot. Takealot is in the best position to turn themselves into a fulfillment network and a distributor for small businesses, right? And now, but on on the other on the other traditional side, like if you look at a company like uh, Superbulist, right? Fashion is essentially what would you call it? Um, what can I call it? Mesh. I, I don't know. Like, Fashion is something I don't have. No, no, no. It's, 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 not, it's not a graduate purchase. It's, it's something you're addicted to, right? So if you if you used to buy sneakers on Superblist, chances are if you're still employed, you'll continue to do so. And they'll benefit from having flash sales and all of those types because they have, essentially now they have the distribution advantage. But when you look at, you look at things like electronics, you know, I, I, I presume Takealot will be moving more on the electronic side in terms of quantities because people are at home now, people are bored, people <laughs> people want to, you know, experience new things. I suppose VR headsets will be up. Yes, I mean, um, we, we were just chatting to, to Dali, a friend of ours who, who owns a sort of VR and 
um, AR yeah. sort of company. And he was talking about this uptake suddenly where people were super excited to, you know, start to explore different technologies. I mean, um, for example, I've been in my apartment for a week now, exactly, since last week, Monday, and I'm alone. And I'm sure... I'm sure I'm sure you'd love uh, uh, VR headset. Definitely. Like I think this would be the best time for, for VR, yeah. right? Just so that I can explore the world in a different way. Um, it wouldn't yeah. be real, technically, but it would be something that I could be you know, more excited about um, versus you know, yeah. being stuck in an apartment with you know, very traditional sorts of media. And I think this is a really great time for those sorts of things as well. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that Take a Lot doesn't diverge those kind of numbers on how much how much is moving or what areas are moving fast. It, it would essentially help small business just to target which um, stuff they, that they can sell at, at this current stage. But no, I, I wanted just to talk about something else, right? So we had we had online grocery startups, uh, which essentially grouped them with um, health and uh, beauty stuff, which are number one in terms of uh, product that are that that are moving. Number two would be electronics, right? But there's a number third one, interesting one. Um, alcohol. <laughs> so that would be bottles, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, do you know if bottles has another imitator in Cape Town? So is it? Do they own it, or this is a competitor? It's a competitor called uh, Quench Delivery, right? Oh, that's so, a good name, though. <laughs> <laughs> so they are like they they recently raised uh, funding from Yuan Rupert's family. Right? So alcohol online alcohol uh, sales are up sixty five percent. But what is interesting to them is that they are getting distributors coming to them so they can be a platform to distribute their alcohol. Oh wow! This is a change in things, right? Because then it means, you know, people are going, you know, we know that our retail stores are probably not going to pull what they usually do. Um, and now yes. people are looking for the thing that could be an alternative or a substitute um, for consumers to take up, right? Yeah. So, people, like, these companies are trying to be proactive now, assuming that there is going to be a lockdown on non-essential um, services, just to see if, you know, you can't move... A product from other channels, which is essentially what small businesses should look at, right? So if you are a small retailer in, you know, in downtown, you should look at just trying to get your merchants or your, your customers, I mean, on your online platform so you can sell to this. Yeah, it's all about digital migration. And I think we want to do just a specific episode just around that um, shift that people really need to make. Um, but yeah, I think these numbers are insane. Um, I, I expect a lot more people to have the same sort of or similar success, especially in the e-commerce space. Um, whether it's from a food delivery perspective or, uh, you know, online retailer sort of perspective, it's going to be a really, really crazy time for digital, um, digitally, digital first, um, consumer based businesses. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for these numbers. Was there anything else you want to do? Just chuck in there for someone to think about? Um, like, like I want people to think about how they can migrate to digital channels, essentially. Because now there's no such thing as e-commerce or brick and mortar stores. Essentially, there is commerce. There's you selling to your customer wherever they are. 
right? So really think about the tools necessary um, to actually do the migration from uh, even from a physical store to a digital uh, digital commerce. Understood. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Um, we'll catch you on the next episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I think if anyone listens to this, even if it's just one person, it would be really, really impactful. We look forward to doing a lot more of these um, ones that really, really deep dive into the things that small businesses can do to shape their, their the way that they navigate this time and really find the opportunities that um, can be exploited or really taken advantage of um, in these times to serve customers better, um, to grow their businesses and really build better startups. Thank you. Thanks, Master Chip.